Act Four of Cymbeline by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four of Cymbeline by William Shakespeare. Scene One Wales, near the cave of Belarius. Enter Cloten. I am near to the place where they should meet, if Pisanio have mapped it truly. How fit his garments serve me! Why should his mistress, who was made by him that made the tailor, not be fit too? The rather, saving reverence for the word, for tis said a woman's fitness comes by fits. Therein I must play the workman. <laughs> I dare speak it to myself. For it is not vainglory for a man and his glass to confer in his own chamber. I mean, the lines of my body are as well drawn as his. No less young, more strong, not beneath him in fortunes, beyond him in the advantage of the time, above him in birth, alike conversant in general services, and more remarkable in single oppositions. Yet this imperseverant thing loves him in my despite what mortality is posthumous thy head which now is growing upon thy shoulders shall within this hour be off thy mistress enforced thy garments cut to pieces before thy face and all this done spurn her home to her father who may haply be a little angry for my so rough usage but my mother having power of his testiness shall turn all into my commendations my horse is tied up safe out sword and to a sore purpose fortune put them into my hand this is the very description of their meeting-place and the fellow dares not deceive me exit scene two before the cave of belarius enter from the cave belarius gedarius arvirigus and imogen belarius to imogen you are not well Remain here in the cave. We'll come to you after hunting. Averagus to Imogen. Brother, stay here. Are we not brothers? So man and man should be, but clay and clay differs in dignity, whose dust is both alike. Oh, I am very sick. Go you to hunting. I'll abide with him. So sick I am not, yet I am not well but not so citizen a wanton as to seem to die ere sick. So please you, leave me. Stick to your journal course. The breach of custom is breach of all. I am ill, but your being by me cannot amend me. Society is no comfort to one not sociable. I am not very sick, since I can reason of it. Pray you trust me here. I'll rob none but myself, and let me die stealing so poorly." I love thee. I have spoke it how much the quantity, the weight as much as I do love my father. What? Who? Who? If it be seen to say so, I yock me in my good brother's fault. I know not why I love this youth, and I have heard you say, love's reason is without reason. The peer at door, and the demand, who is it shall die, I'd say, my father, not this youth. Aside. Oh, noble strain, a worthiness of nature, breed of greatness. Cowards, father, cowards, 
and base things say base. Nature hath meal and bran, contempt and grace. I am not their father, yet who should this be doth miracle itself loved before me? Tis the ninth hour of the moon. Brother, farewell. I wish ye sport. You held. So please you, sir. Aside. These are kind creatures. Gods, what lies I have heard. Our courtiers say all's savage but at court. Experience, O oh, thou disprovest report. The imperious seas breed monsters. For the dish pour tributary rivers as sweet fish. Ah, oh, I am sick still, heart-sick. Pisanio, I'll now taste of thy drug. Swallows some. I could not stir him. He said he was gentle, but unfortunate, dishonestly afflicted, but yet honest. Does did he answer me? Yet say, hereafter I might know more. To the field, to the field. We'll leave you for this time. Go in and rest. We will not be long away. Pray be not sick, for you must be our housewife. Well or ill, I am bound to you. And shall be ever. Exit Imogen to the cave. This youth, however distressed, appears he hath had good ancestors. How angel-like he seems. But his neat cookery... He cut our roots in characters, and sauced our broths, as Juno had been sick, and he her dieter. Nobly he yokes, is smiling with his shy, as if the shy was that it was, for not being such a smile. The smile mocking the shy, that it would fly, from so divine a temple to comics, between that sailors rail at. I do note that grief and patience rooted in him both mingle their spurs together grow patience and let the stinking elder grieve on twine his perishing root with the increasing vine it is great morning come away who's there enter cloten i cannot find these runagates that villain hath mocked me Oh, I am faint. Those runagates, means he not us? I partly know him. Tis Cloten, the son of the queen. I fear some ambush. I saw him not these many years, and yet I know tis he. We are held as outlaws. Hence. He is but one. You and my brother, search what companies are near. Pray you, away. Let me alone with him. Exit Valerius and Arviragus. Soft! What are you that fly me thus? Some villain mountaineers? I have heard of such. What slave art thou? A thing more slavish did I ne'er than answering a slave without a knock. Thou art a robber, a lawbreaker, a villain! Yield thee, thief! To who? To thee? What art thou? Have not I an arm as big as thine, a heart as big? Thy words, I grant, are bigger, for I wear not my dagger in my mouth. Say what thou art, why I should yield to thee. Thou villain base, know'st me not by my clothes? No, nor thy tailor, rascal. 
who is thy grandfather, he made those clothes which, as it seems, make thee. Thou precious varlet, my tailor made them not. Hence, then, and thank the man that gave them thee. Thou art some fool. I am loath to beat thee. Thou injurious thief, hear but my name, and tremble. What's thy name? Clotten, thou villain. Clotten, thou double villain be thy name. I cannot tremble at it. Were it toad or adder, spider, twould move me sooner. To thy further fear, nay, to thy mere confusion, thou shalt know I am son to the queen. I am sorry for it, not seeming so worthy as thy birth. Art not afeard? Those that I reverence, those I fear, the wise. At fools I laugh, not fear them. Die the death! When I have slain thee with my proper hand, I'll follow those that even now fled hence, and on the gates of Ludstown set your heads! Yield, rustic mountaineer! Exeunt. Fighting. Re-enter Belarius and Arviragus. No companies abroad? None in the world. You did mistake him, sure. I cannot tell. Long is it since I saw him. But time hath nothing blurred those lines of favour which then he wore. The snatches in his voice and burst of speaking were as his. I am absolute. Twas very cloten. In this place we left them. I wish my brother make good time with him. You say he so fell. Being scarce made up, I mean to man, he had not apprehension of roaring terrors, but the effect of judgment is oft the cause of fear. But see, thy brother. Re-enter Gedarius with Cloten's head. <sighs> this Cloten was a fool. An empty purse. There was no money in it. Not Hercules could have knocked out his brains, for he had none. Yet I, not doing this, the fool had borne my head as I do his. What hast thou done? I am perfect, what? Cut off one Clotten's head. Son to the queen, after his own report, who called me traitor, mountaineer, and swore, with his own single hand, he'd take us in, displace our heads, where, thank the gods, they grow, and set them on Ludstown. We are all undone. Why, worthy father, what have we to lose, but that he swore to take our lives? The law protects not us. Then why should we be tender to let an arrogant piece of flesh Threat us, play judge and executioner all himself, for we do fear the law. What company discover you abroad? No single soul can we set eyes on, but in all safe reason he must have some attendance. Though his humour was nothing but mutation, ay, and that from one bad thing to worse. Not frenzy, not absolute madness, could so far have raved to bring him here alone. Although, perhaps it may be heard at court that such as we cave here, hunt here, are outlaws, and in time may make some stronger head, the which he hearing, 
as tis like him, might break out and swear he'll fetch us in. Yet it's not probable to come alone, either he so undertaking, or they so suffering. Then on good ground we fear, if we do fear this body hath a tail more perilous than the head. Let ordinance come, as the gods foresay it. Howsoever my brother had done well. I had no mind to hunt this day. The boy for daily sickness did make my way long forth. With his own sword, which he did wave against my throat, I have ta'en his head from him. I'll throw it into the creek behind our rock, and let it to the sea, and tell the fishes he's the queen's son, Clotten. That's all, I reck. Exit. I fear it will be revenged. Would, Polydote, thou hadst not done't, though valour becomes thee well enough. Would I had done it, so the revenge alone pursued me, Polydore. I love thee brotherly, but envy much. Thou hast robbed me of this deed. I owed revenges that possible strength might meet. Would seek us true and put us to our answer. Well, tis done. We'll hunt no more to-day, nor seek for danger where there's no profit. I prithee to our rock, you and Fidele play the cooks. I'll stay till hasty Polydote return, and bring him to dinner presently. Poor sick Fidele, I'll warily to him, to gain his colour. I'll let the perish of such Clotten's blood, and praise myself for charity. Exit. Oh, the goddess! Thou divine nature, how thyself thou blazonest in these two princely boys. They are as gentle as zephyrs blowing below the violet, not wagging his sweet head, yet as roof their royal blood enchafed as a rudest wind that by the top doth take the mountain pine and make him stoop to the vale. Tis wonder that an invisible instinct should frame them to royalty unlearned, honour untaught, civility not seen from other, Valour that wildly grows in them, but yields a crop as if it had been sowed. Yet still it's strange what Cloten being here to us portends, or what his death will bring us. Re-enter Gedarius. Where's my brother? I have sent Cloten's clot-pole down the stream, in embassy to his mother, his body's hostage for his return. Solemn Music by ingenious instrument. Hark, Polydore, it sounds. But what occasion hath Cadwell now to give it motion? Hark! Is he at home? He went hence even now. What does he mean? Since death of my dearest mother, it did not speak before. All solemn things should answer solemn accidents. The matter triumphs for nothing, and lamenting toys is jollity for apes, and grief for boys. Is Cadwall mad? Look, here he comes. Re-enter Averagus, with Imogen as dead, bearing her in his arms. And brings the dire occasion in his arms of what we blame him for. The bard is dead, that we have made so much on. I had rather have skipped from sixteen years of age to sixty, to have turned my living time into a crutch, than have seen this. Oh, sweetest, fairest lily, 
my brother wears thee not the one half so well as when thou grewest thyself oh melancholy whoever yet could soon thy bottom find thee ooze to show what coast thy sluggish crayer might easiliest harbour in though blessed thing jove knows what man thou mightst have made but i thou diest a most rare boy of melancholy how found you him stark as you see thus smiling as some fly he tickles slumber not as that star being laughed at his right cheek reposing on a cushion where on the floor his arms does lead i thought he slept and put my clouded bruises from off my feet whose rudeness answered my steps too loud why he but sleeps if he be gone he'll make his grave a bed with female fairies will his tomb be haunted and worms will not come to thee with fairest flowers whilst summer lasts and i live here fidelly i will sweeten thy sad grave thou shalt not lack the flower that's like thy face pale primrose nor the azured harebell like thy veins no nor the leaf of eglantine from not the slender outsweetened not thy breath the radock wood with charitable bill o bill sure salmon those rich left heirs that let their fathers lie without a monument bring thee all these yea and for the most besides when flowers are not to winter ground thy cause prithee have done and do not play in wench-like words with that which is so serious let us bury him and not protract with admiration what is now due debt to the grave say where shall's lay by good eurypheli our mother be it so and let us spoil it all till now our voices have got the mannish crack sing him to the ground as once our mother Heels like note and woes, save that irrefile must be fidelly. Cadwall, I cannot sing. I'll weep and word it with thee. For notes of sorrow, out of tune, are worse than priests and veins that lie. We will speak it then. Great grief, says he, medicine the lace, for Cloten is quite forgot. He was a queen's son, boys. And though he came our enemy, remember he was paid for that. Though mean and mighty, rotting together might have won dust, yet reverence that angel of the world doth make distinction of place between high and low. Our foe was princely, and though you took his life, as being our foe, yet bury him as a prince. Pray you, fetch him hither. Their Sites' body is as good as Ajax's, when neither are alive. If you will go fetch him, we'll say our song the whilst, brother, Begave. Exit Barius. Nay, Cadwall, we must lay his head to the east. My father hath a reason for it. It is true. Come on, then, and remove him. So begin. 
Song Fear no more the heat of the sun, Nor the furious winter's rages. Thou thy worldly task hast done. Home art gone, and tain thy wages. Golden lads and girls all must, As chimney-sweepers, come to dust. Fear no more the frown of the grave, Thou art past the tyrant's stroke. Care no more to clothe and eat, To thee the reeve is as the oak. The sculptor, learning fitting must, All follow this, and come to dust. Fear no more the lightning flash, Nor the all-dreaded thunderstone. Fear not, slander, censure rash. Thou hast finished the joy and moan. With Arviragus. All lovers young, all lovers must consign to thee, And come to dust. No exorciser harm thee, Nor no witchcraft charm thee. Ghost unlaid, forbear thee, Nothing ill come near thee. With Averigus. Quiet consummation have, And renowned be thy grave. Re-enter Belarius with the body of Cloten. We have done our obsequies. Come, lay him down. Here's a few flowers, but boot midnight more. The herbs that have on them cold dew of the night are strewing spits for graves. Upon their faces you are as flowers, now withered. Even so this herblet shell which we upon you strew. Come on, away, apart upon our knees. The ground that gave them first has them again. Their pleasures here are past, so is their pain. Exeunt Belarius, Gedarius, and Arvirigus. Imogen, Awakening. Yes, sir, to Milford Haven. Which is the way? Mm, I thank you. Beyond Bush. Pray, how far thither? Oh, odds pitikins, can it be six mile yet? I have gone all night. Faith, I'll lie down and sleep. Mm, but soft, no bedfellow. Oh, gods and goddesses! Seeing the body of Cloten. These flowers are like the pleasures of the world. This bloody man the care on't. I hope, I dream. For so I thought I was a cave-keeper and cook to honest creatures. But tis not so. Twas but a bolt of nothing, shot at nothing, which the brain makes of fumes. Our very eyes are sometimes like our judgments, blind. Oh, good faith, I tremble stiff with fear. But if there be yet left in heaven as small a drop of pity as a wren's eye, feared God's a part of it. Oh, the dream's here still. Even when I wake it is without me as within me, not imagined, felt. A headless man, the garments of posthumous. I know the shape of sleg. This is his hand, his foot mercurial, his martial thigh the bronze of Hercules. But his jovial face, murder in heaven! How? Tis gone! 
Pisanio! All curses madded Hecuba gave the Greeks, and mine to boot be darted on thee! Thou, conspired with that irregulous devil, Cloten, hast here cut off my lord! To write and read be henceforth treacherous! Damned Pisanio hath with his forged letters! Damned Pisanio! From this most bravest vessel of the world struck the main top! O oh, Posthumus! Alas, where is thy head? Where's that? Ay, me, where's that? Pisanio might have killed thee at the heart, and left this head on. How should this be? Pisanio! Tis he and Cloten, Malice and Lucre in them have laid this woe here. Oh, tis pregnant, pregnant! The drug he gave me, which he said was precious and cordial to me, have I not found it murderous to the senses? That confirms it home. This is Pisanio's deed, and Cloten's. Oh, give colour to my pale cheek with thy blood, that we the hoarder may seem to those which chance to find us. Go, oh, my lord, my lord! Falls on the body. Enter Lucius, a captain, and other officers, and a soothsayer. To them the legions garrisoned in Gallia, after your will, have crossed the sea, attending you here at Milford Haven with your ships. They are in readiness. But what from Rome? The Senate hath stirred up the confiners and gentlemen of Italy, most willing spirits, that promise noble service, and they come under the conduct of bold Iachimo, Siena's brother. When expect you them? With the next benefit of the wind. This forwardness makes our hopes fair. Command our present numbers be mustered. Bid the captains look to it. Now, sir, what have you dreamed of late of this war's purpose? Last night the very gods showed me a vision. I fast and pray for their intelligence. Thus... I saw Jove's bird, the Roman eagle, winged from the spongy south to this part of the west. There vanished in the sunbeams, which portends, unless my sins abuse my divination, success to the Roman host. Dream often so, and never false. Soft, ho! What trunk is here without his top? The ruin speaks that sometime it was a worthy building. How? A page! or dead, or sleeping on him? But dead, rather. For nature doth abhor to make his bed with the defunct, or sleep upon the dead. Let's see the boy's face. He's alive, my lord. He'll then instruct us of this body. Young one, inform us of thy fortunes, for it seems they crave to be demanded. Who is this that makest thy bloody pillow? Or who was he that, otherwise than noble nature did, hath altered that good picture. What's thy interest in this sad wreck? How came it? Who is it? What art thou? I am nothing, or if not nothing to be were better. This was my master, a very valiant Briton and a good, that here by mountaineers lie slain. Alas, there is no more such masters. I may wander from east to occident, cry out for service, try many, all good, serve truly, 
never find such another master. Lack, good youth, thou movest no less with thy complaining than thy master in bleeding. Say his name, good friend. Richard Duchamp. Aside. If I do lie and do no harm by it, though the gods hear, I hope they'll pardon it. Say you, sir. Thy name? Fidele, sir. Thou dost approve thyself the very same. Thy name well fits thy faith, thy faith thy name. Wilt take thy chance with me? I will not say thou shalt be so well mastered, but be sure, no less beloved. The Roman emperor's letters, sent by a consul to me, should not sooner than thine own worth prefer thee. Go with me. I'll follow, sir. But first, and please the gods, I'll hide my master from the flies, as deep as these poor pickaxes can dig. And when with wild wood-leaves and weeds I strewed his grave, and on it said a century of prayers, such as I can twice o'er, I'll weep and sigh, and leaving so his service, follow you, so please you entertain me. I, good youth, and rather father thee than master thee. My friends, the boy hath taught us manly duties. Let us find out the prettiest daisied plot we can, and make him with our pikes and partisans a grave. Come, arm him. Boy, he is preferred by thee to us, and he shall be interred as soldiers can. Be cheerful, wipe thine eyes. Some falls are means the happier to arise. Exeunt. Scene three. A room in Cymbeline's palace. Enter Cymbeline, lords, Pisanio, and attendants. Again, and bring me word how tis with her. Exit an attendant. A fever with the absence of her son, a madness of which her life's in danger. Heavens, how deeply you at once do touch me. Imogen, the great part of my comfort, gone my queen upon a desperate bed, and in a time when fearful wars point at me, her son gone, so needful for this present, it strikes me past the hope of comfort. But for thee, fellow, who needs must know of her departure, and dost seem so ignorant, we'll enforce it from thee by a sharp torture. Sir, my life is yours. I humbly set it at your will. But for my mistress, I nothing know where she remains, why gone, nor when she proposes return. Beseech your highness, hold me your loyal servant. Good, my liege, the day that she was missing he was here. I dare be bond he's true and shall perform all parts of his subjection loyally. For Cloten there wants no diligence in seeking him, and will, no doubt, be found. The time is troublesome. To Pisanio. We'll slip you for a season, but our jealousy does yet depend. So please, your majesty, the Roman legions, all from Gallia drawn, are landed on your coast, with a supply of Roman gentlemen, by the senate sent. Now for the counsel of my son and queen, I am amazed with matter. Good, my liege, your preparation can affront no less than what you hear of. Come more, for more you're ready. The want is but to put those powers in motion that long to move. I thank you. Let's withdraw and meet the time as it seeks us. We fear not what can from Italy annoy us, but we grieve at chances here. 
Away. Exeunt all but Pisanio. I heard no letter from my master, since I wrote him Imogen was slain. Tis strange. Nor hear I from my mistress, who did promise to yield me often tidings. Neither know I what is betid to Cloten, but remain perplexed in all. The heaven still must work. Wherein I am false, I am honest. Not true to be true. These present wars shall find I love my country, even to the note of the king, or I'll fall in them. All other doubts by time let them be cleared. Fortune brings in some boats that are not steered. Exit. Scene 4. Wales. Before the cave of Belarius. Enter Belarius, Gidarius, and Arvarius. The noise is round about us. Let us from it. What pleasure, sir, find we in life, to lock it from action and adventure? Nay, what hope have we in hiding us? This way the Romans must, or for Britain, slay us, or receive us for barbarous and unnatural revolts during their use, and slay us after. Sons, we'll hide to the mountains, there secure us. To the king's party there is no going. Newness of Cloten's death, we being not known, nor mustered among the bands, may drive us to a render where we have lived, and so extort from that which we have done, whose answer would be death drawn on with torture. This is, sir, a doubt in such a time nothing becoming you, nor satisfying us. It is not likely that when they hear the Roman horses nigh, behold their quartered fires have but their eyes and airs so cloyed importantly as now that they will waste their time upon our note to know from whence we are oh i am known of many in the army many years though cloten then be young you see not war him from my remembrance and besides the king hath not deserved my service nor your loves who find in my exile the want of breeding the certainty of this hard life. I hopeless to have the courtesy your cradle promised, but to be still hot summer's tamings and the shrinking slaves of winter. Then be so better to cease to be. Pray, sir, to the army. I and my brother are not known, yourself so out of thought, and thereto so o'ergrown, cannot be questioned. By the sun that shines, I'll deter. What thing is it that I never did see man die? Scarce ever looked on blood, but that of coward hares, hot goats, and venison. Never best treat a horse, save one that had a rider like myself, who never wore roller, nor iron on his heel. I'm ashamed to look upon the holy sun, to have the benefit of his blessed beams remaining so long a poor unknown. By heavens, I'll go. If you will bless me, sir, and give me leave, I'll take the better care. But if you will not, the hazard, therefore, do fall on me by the hands of Romans. So say I, Amen. No reason I, since of your lives you set so slight a valuation, should reserve my cracked one to more care. Have with you, boys. If in your country wars you chance to die, that is my bed too, lads, and there I'll lie. Lead, lead. 
Aside. The time seems long, their blood thinks scorn, till it fly out and show them princes born. Exeunt. End of Act 4.